Welcome to the True Vine Podcast. Wherever you are listening, we hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and brings perspective that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Praise God. God bless you again for being with us today. I'm excited that I can speak to you, preach the word of the Lord. Let me take just a moment and talk about tomorrow. Memorial Day commemorates the men and women who have died while in the military service for their country, particularly those who have died in battle or a result of the wounds sustained in battle. In other words, the purpose of Memorial Day is to memorialize the veterans who made the ultimate sacrifice for their country. Tomorrow, we spend time remembering those who lost their lives and could not come home reflecting on their service and why we have the luxury and freedom that we enjoy every day in this life. From this church, this pastor, thank you all that have served, those that are living, those that have perished. I'm proud to be an American, proud to live in the United States of America. And I'm so glad that we can honor these people tomorrow. Let's reflect. Let's pause tomorrow and realize exactly what we're celebrating. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. I'm going to preach to you this morning. I'm going to draw your attention to the book of Isaiah, chapter 35. Amen. What a great day to be living. What a great day to be tuning in and for me to be in the house of the Lord that we could still conduct services and minister to you. Isaiah chapter 35, two verses there, verses 9 and 10. The Bible reads, No lion will be there, nor any ravenous beast. They will not be found there, but only the redeemed will walk there. And those the Lord have rescued will return. They will enter Zion with singing, Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them. Hey, I just got to pause and say, thank you, Jesus. Gladness and joy will overtake us. And sorrow and sighing will flee away. A prophetic word there. I want to preach to you this morning on this thought. A promised land in the wilderness. A promised land in the wilderness. God bless you again. Thank you for being here. The Bible tells us that the Israelites wandered for 40 years in the wilderness. To get to the promised land, it's called promised land because God promised them that he would bring them to a place out of bondage, out of slavery, One can only imagine the relief and joy when they finally reached their destination, when their days in the wilderness were over. So my question to us this morning is, what does the promised land represent? What does that represent? When someone says promised land, what comes to your mind? A place God brings you to, your destiny, the goal of your calling the place of joy, blessing, completion, where his promises are fulfilled, 
maybe a shadow of heaven. So if that's the promised land, then a follow-up question to you today, then what is the wilderness? What does the wilderness represent? A place you go through to get to the place that God is calling you to. The place of the journey. A place where God's promises are being fulfilled. So the wilderness, perhaps, and the promised land are two different places. A land of hardship and a land of rest and blessing. But here's what you need to know today. The wilderness is also a part of the promised land. Let me say that again. The wilderness is also a part of the promised land. Isaiah 55 and 1 says, The desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom like the crocus. That's kind of a word we don't use much, a crocus. Pastor, what is a crocus? Very good question. I know because I am very skilled with Google. So I can help you today. What is a crocus? Those are beautiful flowers that the Bible says that will blossom in the wilderness. In the promised land is the wilderness of Judah. Understand this, my friend. They're journeying from captivity. They're journeying from slavery, from bondage. And so to get to the promised land, the promised land is in the wilderness. The wilderness of Judah. The wilderness of Arabah. The wilderness of Negev which alone makes up more than half of the land of Israel. So you've got to understand something here. If the promised land is somewhere outside of their life of bondage, the promised land really appears somewhere in the wilderness. The wilderness of Israel is half of their country. Most of the promised land is in the wilderness. The wilderness is also a part of the promised land. So in your life, let me tell you today that you will have wildernesses, times of hardship. We will have losses and challenges. Yes, there will be tears as well as times of waiting or simply not being in the place that you want to be. Remember then this truth, my friend. In God, even the wilderness can be a part of the promised land. What am I saying? In other words, the wilderness is not outside of the purposes of God, nor outside his promises. It's the place that God brings you to. So don't despise the wilderness. Don't despise the journey. Don't despise the pandemic. Don't despise COVID-19. Why? Because we are on a journey to congregate again in in-person worship. And it's going to be an insane, incredible, off-the-chart service from our worship team to the preaching when we gather back again here in Old Town Temecula. So maybe you feel like you're in the wilderness, but my friend, the promised land is in the wilderness. If you keep journeying, if you keep believing, if you keep trusting, if you keep praying, if you keep watching the online streaming, you are going to find your promised land and God will take you exactly to where he wants you to be. So somewhere in the desert, they're journeying, they're journeying, they're journeying, and they finally make it to the promised land. And guess where that is? 
in the wilderness. They find it. And God has brought them there. Hebrews chapter 11 says, By faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to that city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. God will use the journey, my friend. God will use the wilderness at times to accomplish his purpose and fulfill the calling and the promise for your life. And so I have to relate to my life. When things feel like they're not going just right, maybe I'm in the wilderness, but God is doing something in my life. God is doing something in my spirit. God is doing something in my mind and my thoughts. And so if I'm moving through the wilderness, I have to understand this one thing. I eventually get to the promised land and God is making me and forming me and using me in a time of adversity, maybe in my eyes, but not in God's eyes not in God's hands, and not in God's purpose. Because God orchestrates the steps of his people. If you are struggling, my friend, today, and I've lost track, tell you the truth, are we eight weeks or nine weeks or 10 weeks into this? It doesn't really matter because we're deep into the woods on this. We're deep into the wilderness. But do not be dismayed, my friend. The church has not closed down. We are the church. We've just spread across the county of Riverside and San Diego County. The church is not extinct, my friend. Why? Because we are still living and we are still believing in God and there is faith in God's people and God's doing great things and there's miracles taking place. And watch me here. People are being blessed in our church during this pandemic. So yes, there is a God that is orchestrating the perfect will of your life through the wilderness. Maybe the modern day wilderness I've said already is the pandemic. And you've been furloughed. You've been laid off. Your hours have been cut. You're sheltering in place with your family. And your kids are getting on your nerves. And your spouse, never, I better not go there. Let me just stay with the kids. And we're quarantined. And you're in the wilderness and you're thinking, dear Lord, have mercy on me. How much longer will this be? I even realize as I preached to you this morning, things are opening up. In our state of California, the governor is going to make some announcements for houses of worship tomorrow. And I'm expecting some good news and we can bring some more definition back to you of how we're going to come in and we're going to do the phase and we're going to do all these great things. But please know this, until all that happens, you can still be blessed in the wilderness. You can still be anointed with power from on high during a pandemic in your home, in your living room, on your job, as you're driving somewhere. Don't just push back and think, I can't feel God. I can't feel the anointing until we get back to church in Old Town Temecula. No, my friend, even in wilderness times, you can feel God and God is with you. Come on, that's good preaching. Someone in your home shout amen. Woo! Let me give you a little fun fact. The children of Israel, if they walked in a single file line three feet apart, the line itself would be six times the length of the total trip, over 1,300 miles. If they walked one mile a day for every day, for nine months, they would have made it to the promised land. One mile a day, every day, 
for nine months, but it took them 40 years. This is what I know. Without the distractions, the rebellion, the bad attitudes they had, it would have been an 11-day journey from captivity to the promised land. But in God, even the wilderness becomes a place of blessings. There was miracles that took place in the wilderness. I'm preaching to you today about a promised land in the wilderness, a promised land in a dry spot, a promised land in a desperate spot. I'm preaching to somebody to encourage you today. Hey, the, the, the GPS is rerouting you. You got to take a little detour, but you're still going to the promised land. Do not give up. Do not be dismayed. Do not retreat. Do not jump off the old ship of Zion. Just say, hey, if God be for me, who can be against me? Why? Because I've got a promised land in my wilderness. And by faith, this is so. And God is perfecting me. How many of you has God showed them something in this time of pandemic? You've got a revelation. God showed you something. Let me give you another little fun fact on myself. I'm going to tell on myself. No, I don't really want to do it. Hey, I don't know if it's revelation, but my whole life, I'm putting this message together about the promised land. My whole life, all 60 years, I've been a minister over 30 years, a pastor over 20. And this is what God showed me. This is my takeaway from the pandemic. You're going to laugh when I tell you, okay? I always thought it was the promised land. And so I'm doing my little research, and it says promised land, E-D. Oh, they misspelt it. So I type in something else on there. Children of Israel leaving Egypt, going to the dot, dot, dot. Click it, promised land. E-D, promised? I'm just telling you, I got a revelation in the pandemic. No big deal, but here's my point. You can find things to be blessed about. And I think all of us, God has showed you something or assured you something or has just expanded the faith that you have. But even if you think you're in the wilderness, my friend, you could possibly be in the promise. Let me take you back here. Watch this with the children of Israel. 42 campsites later and 40 years around the wilderness before settling into Canaan, the promised land. Say it with me. Come on. Promised land. Okay, I got to confess. I always thought promised land. So all Nolan and Mark and Frank, all of my messages I preached in the past, about promised land. They're no good anymore. You go delete them. They shouldn't be in the archives because I didn't know what I was talking about, but I got a revelation in the pandemic. 42 campsites. You know what? They moved. They were like a military family. They moved every year. 40 years wandering before settling into Canaan land. If God is with you, then your journey is also a part of your destination. Woo, that's tweetable. Did you get that? Let me tell you again. If God is with you, then your journey is also a part of your destination. And your life on this earth is a part of heaven's domain. Why do you say that? Because I speak the prophetic, encouraging word of God to you today. I'm I'm dropping a rhema into your life. 
I'm dropping some joy. Come on. Our 2020 vision I launched back in December, one of the little lines was choose joy. We choose joy. In the wilderness? Yes. In Canaan's land, in the promised land? That's easy. But what about before we get to the promised land? It's easy to be critical. In fact, in numbers, they begin to complain, yeah, we should have went back, let's go back. We had all, and they begin to, garlic, leeks, onions, all these things and all these vegetables. Yeah, it was way better, Moses, look what you're doing to us. You know what, they got a bad attitude. And so they begin to, remember, 42 campsites later, 40 years, had they traveled one mile a day. In nine months, boom, you're here. But oh no, no. They had to get a little pushy with God. Is there, anybody, is there anybody in your life that ever gets pushy? How do you feel? You want to push back? Well, that's what they were doing to God. But if we can understand during this pandemic, and I really believe with the, the governor's announcement tomorrow, we're going to get some great news and we're going to connect all the dots and we're going to get it, all this put together, and it's, it's all going to be behind us. We'll be cautious. We'll be concerned. We'll be wise. But it's going to be behind us, and we can have in-person, as they say, in-person worship. But in the process of figuring all this out, I can't get pushy with God. You, you can't get an attitude with God, because if we use the Bible as an example, and we do, when they did that in the Old Testament, a nine-month journey of one mile a day, turned into 40 years. 42 times they picked up and set up. That wasn't the plan of God. But sometimes our own spirit takes us around the block, and watch me now, and then we blame God. Why, why does this take so long? I'm just preaching this morning about a promised land in the wilderness. The somewhere there is. Therefore, no matter where you find yourself today, no matter what your circumstances are, no matter what your surroundings are, rejoice and press forward. I'm telling you, rejoice and press forward. Do not give up. We've done everything we can. And we'll look back, and if this ever something like this happens again, we'll make some adjustments. We'll be skilled journeymen at leading people in isolation. But we're rookies and novice and apprentices now. But we'll look back and realize, hey, we could do this a little better. But in the course of learning this, I'm not going to get discouraged. I'm not going to get a bad attitude. I'm not going to give up on God. Why? Because I might be in a wilderness, but God is perfecting something in me and helping me lean onto him in times that maybe I would not even have thought about that. And it becomes another tool in my arsenal of living for God. And so choose to live in victory. For in the end, you'll see that your wilderness was a part of your promised land. If you choose to live in victory, when we look back, get us down into September, get us down into December of this year, and we look back to March, April, May, June, you're going to realize that that wilderness was really a part of my promised land. You got a little more time. Maybe you can kind of bring the family together. Dad's been so busy. We haven't eaten the dinner in a long time. Maybe things that seem trivial on the outside, but you look back and say, you know what? That was a good bonding time for me as a dad. 
That, that was a good time for our family just to kind of slow down. And, and maybe, I don't know, maybe God put the world on pause so we could get back to our original relationship with God, like in the Garden of Eden where there was some intimacy with God because we weren't so distracted with everything going around. Hello, somebody. Maybe there's a pause button in heaven to let you refocus, kind of a mid-course correction. And so I'm preaching to you this morning about the promised land. That is in the wilderness somewhere. Here's what I know because they wandered so many times and their attitude wandered and exasperated it. They probably didn't have any idea where the promised land was. They just kept journeying. So they were zigzagging figure eights back and forth, up and down, all around. And they finally make it to the promised land. Watch me now. They send the 10 spies in, and 80% of them come back and say, uh, I don't know. Now, what if you were on the committee, and you had just wandered for 40 years, and you finally get here, and 80% of them are saying, no, 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 you go back and check. I've been in the wilderness 40 years. Bless God, we're going in there no matter what. No, they didn't all say that. 80% said, I don't know, I don't think we should do it. Mm. We should have just stayed in Egypt. What a wasted 40 years of my life. But two of them, Joshua, Caleb. The two voices of reason, the two voices of faith, the two voices still looking for the promise. And so maybe somewhere in the context of how you're living your life, you're one of the eight spies in your own life. I don't know if this is going to turn out. God's not very good. I got cut back. I'm, I'm struggling. I'm stressed out. I'm discouraged. I'm depressed. Is there even really a God? Be careful. You see, I choose to be one of the two spies. We have a choice. I'm leading a group of people in isolation. I've never done that before. I don't have any resume builders for that. The state is saying this. The CDC is saying this. The White House is saying this. And believe me, I got a host of people in our church saying this, 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 and this. It's okay. Because the promised land is right here. We're almost there. Do you think when Moses left Egypt, he could have figured out all the answers and questions of the 40 years? That's impossible. You just go. Let's just go. We'll figure it out as we go. And you trust God. And all the what-ifs have to submit to the blood of Calvary. Because when you say what if, from that point on, it becomes a descending negative thought and conversation. Rarely do you use what if. What if we win? What if we come back? What if the whole city, it usually precedes something negative. What if it don't work out? What if they never call me back? What if my unemployment runs out? 
What if I get sick? What if I get COVID-19? What? You see? No, 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 no. You're being part of the eight spies. You're the 80%. How about we become a Joshua or a Caleb in our spirit? Say, hey, there are oppositions and there are obstacles. But if God be for us, who can be against us? We don't have it all figured out yet. How many people can come to church right now? What's the seating arrangement? I don't know. But I'm encouraged. How many services are we going to have? Are we going to have a Saturday night service? I don't know. But I'm not discouraged. I still love God the same. I'm still excited about pastoring this church. We got an amazing, incredible, loving people that love God and love this church. We're going to figure this out. So every week, even though we're streaming, I say, let's have church. Let's have church. This is the definition of church right now. I hope, personally, I hear something from the governor tomorrow. And I hope June 7th is a different version of church here in the house of God. That's what I hope for. But what if it doesn't? I'm not going there. Then I'll hope for June 14th. Here's my point. I'm trying to tell you as I kind of land this. Praise team, you can come and help me here. But listen to me, okay? Wherever you are in the wilderness, please know this, that God is working in your life. And however you feel, we have an incredible pastoral team, amazing, loving connect leaders. Between connect leaders and pastoral team, there's about 20, 22 qualified spiritual leaders that help me lead God's people, hear me now, through the wilderness. Huh? So that's how I can say you're loved. That's how I know that you are prayed for daily. A host of men and women that take the spirit of Caleb and Joshua and say, I will help lead God's people. I will do my part to get this group of people to the, watch me, promised land. Did you catch that? Don't forget to add the D now, okay? I will love them and care for them and give them and pray for them in the wilderness. But in the wilderness, there is still a promised land for us. Mm. Somebody needs to get just down in your spirit. Somebody needs to pray this down and pull it down this week because you needed a word from God. And you feel like maybe you're parched and dying in the desert. No, you're not. No, you're not. Come on, stay with the people of God as we journey. We're going to get back to this. We're going to reunite. We're going to have a revival. We're going to have praise and worship. I'm going to preach to you. 
Good things are happening. Good things will happen. The good things are going to happen. Yes, yes, yes. What is that? That's the 20% of the spies that says we can do it. And if you're thinking, I'm not sure if we can do it, I'm going to say, well, get in line behind me. Just follow me. Let me lead the way. And I'll lead you back into the promised land. Because that's God's desire for you. But he's doing something in our lives. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you again for an amazing time in the way we do church today. I pray, God, that whoever watches this and broadcasts and listens, God, that their spirit will be touched by the power of the preaching and the word of encouragement, of hope, that there is a promised land in the wilderness and that the promised land is there and I'm moving towards it and I'm getting closer and closer every day. We will soon worship in this house of worship. I pray, God, June 7th is a real date. I pray, God, as I conclude this service, that you would move on the decision makers of our state. And as they consider the churches and houses of worship, that we are eager to praise our mighty God and to pray for people to be healed and that we would rebuke fear and concern, God. And we need a house of worship to come together in. I pray, God, that good decisions will be made tomorrow and great plans will be shared with the state of California, God. I speak into Monday before it's even here according to the prophetic word of faith that is in this house today. I release it upon every hearer today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can visit our website or church app if you would like to give. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, like and share it with your friends, and tag us on social media. Because we want to witness with you what God is doing in your life. Thank you, and God bless.